Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast, an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark corners of the internet. I'm your host, William Key, and thank you so much for coming back and listening to this quarter century podcast, basically. Episode 25, we're about a quarter century old now. Uh, Let me kind of discuss a few things off the get-go. If you didn't hear on the last episode, I have a Discord server now. I'm going to link it at the end of the show. Um, Check it in the description as well. Uh, There's going to be a link to the Discord server as well. Two purchases from our Redbubble site. Thank you so much to Tommy and Jordan. They're fellow fans of the pod. Uh, Tommy, of course, of You Dive Deep. And Jordan is a fellow co-worker of mine. They both purchased t-shirts from the website. It's in the back of my mind, but I'm hopefully going to work on more designs um, just so you guys have a bit more of a variety. But I love that you guys are enjoying it. And Tommy and Jordan have both shown me their shirts. And they look fantastic. I'm, I'm very happy with how the shirts have turned out. Because uh, honestly, uh, I didn't know how it was going to turn out, uh, considering it comes from Redbubble. Uh, but they make some quality prints. I, I'm honestly pretty jealous of the two of them. I wish I had my own shirt. So I'm going to have to fork out some cash to get my own merch at this rate. If anything else, why don't we get into uh, some of our stories that we're actually going to be talking about today. First off, this one I, I had to put at the top because this is something I'm looking forward to and I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath at this point. The uh, title for the new Spider-Man film actually was just announced. It's going to be called Spider-Man No Way Home. This was after a couple of teases from the cast, uh, including Tom Holland, Zendaya, and Jacob Batalon. They all revealed these false titles that they were given, including Home Slice, Home Wrecker, and I can't remember the other one. It, but I, I think it was sort of a trend because they were all kind of thrown for a loop at this point. And there was like a teaser video that basically announced that the title was going to be No Way Home. And I think this also tied into the fact it's kind of a joke now, a running gag that Tom Holland has basically been known for giving spoilers on anything Marvel related. Excuse me. I was actually reading an article yesterday that said Tom Holland still hasn't seen Black Widow because there's fear that he may spoil the film to people who haven't watched it because that film's been delayed by a year thanks to COVID. Anyway, let's get back to Spider-Man No Way Home. All we've seen so far is the title, and we were given some screenshots which show Peter, MJ, and Ned in some sort of makeshift bunker. Although I saw somebody had posted some of the pictures again with sort of a cryptic eye suggesting that some of the things in the background could make it as if it's the Sanctum Santorum from Doctor Strange. And as we know, Doctor Strange is going to be a major character in this Spider-Man film. The film also suggests through the title that the multiverse will be playing a role in the film. Now, I think we already kind of knew that based on some of the casting rumors. Some of them are rumors, some of them confirmed. You have Alfred Molina coming back as Doc, as Doc Ock. You've got Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro, albeit they may be different versions of their characters. But it could also be that the they could be multiverse versions of themselves or, or pulled from the multiverse. Um, then there is also marketing promo pictures that have suggested that Ned leads, like Ned's character, given his drastic weight loss, he's been losing weight and bulking up to possibly take on a multiversal version of the Hobgoblin because his character becomes the Hobgoblin in the comics as well. We still don't know if we're going to be seeing the other Spider-Mans by Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, as well as their significant others, played by Kirsten Dunst and Emma Stone, Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane Watson. We don't know what this film is going to be. There's been so many different rumors about this film, considering one of the earliest rumors was that Craven was going to be the villain. Then we're hearing that 
Electra was cast, then Doc Ock was cast, and I was reading somewhere that all the other villains are coming back. You've got your Willem Dafoe as, as Green Goblin. You've got Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman. Uh, the list goes on. Uh, obviously, Topher Grace says Venom was left out of the picture because we don't want to see that on screen again. Anyways, this film is still set for a Christmas release. And they also, um, when they teased it, they said in movie theaters. So they're expecting that this film will debut in the theaters. Given where we stand at the end of the year with COVID, we're hoping that that's a possibility. And it's only a couple of months out until the release of Black Widow. Hopefully that film doesn't have to get delayed again. Let's talk about another interesting set of, I'm calling this a set of twins actually. Two big companies are being hit with class action lawsuits and they're both involved in the gaming space. Let's first talk about Google. Now Google has its Google Stadia console. They've been marketing the Stadia console as having more processing power than both the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One X. But at the beginning of February, Google had announced that it was shuttering two of its first-party studios in Los Angeles and Montreal, shifting its focus to third-party games. Now, since then, a post on ClassAction.org detailed that Google has allegedly made deceitful claims about the quality of its service in order to make money from its consumers. So, I mean, come on. You got these big, big uh, AAA greedy companies making money off the consumers by kind of giving them something that... at the end product actually doesn't line up with what they've been shown. Almost sounds kind of cyberpunky, doesn't it? Now, they in this uh, class action lawsuit, they use the examples of Destiny 2, Destiny 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Doom Eternal, which demand expensive high-performance pre-PCs and gaming consoles in order to run and reach the advertised 4K 60 frames per second. Now, Google had said initially that those running on lower internet connections should not experience any issues running at those speeds. But right before the console's launch, Google tweeted that its service would perform at less than 4K and 60 frames per second for those with slower internet connections. The suit says that this was done quietly and that it was an apparent effort to cover up the incorrect information that would soon come to light. Now, the post also goes into further detail about a previous lawsuit with similar allegations that Google settled, sending $10 coupons to buy games on Stadia Store to current and former subscribers. Right now... The way Google advertised their Stadia and the validity of their claims of Stadia's performance has been under some question since its announcement. There were other cloud-based gaming platforms that launched after Stadia, like Amazon's Luna platform and the uh, Project X Cloud, but performance is an issue that hangs over the heads of many video game streaming platforms. And in any case, Stadia users who are affected by this problem do not need to do anything until the lawsuit is settled, if it does. Afterward, they will need to file a claim online to benefit from the settlement. I think that uh, given how things ran over at um, CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk and the fact that they didn't show off any specs, any PlayStation 4 specs before they released the game and then the um, developers then came under a lot of heat and fire and the game is still basically unplayable until they release some patches, it seems clear that that the companies need to be a little more transparent. They need to be a little more truthful in, in how their games release. I think of another similar instance with Sean Murray over at uh, Hello Games when No Man's Sky first came out and sort of buffing the game up and buffing it up as it's going to be this, this big next-gen game that's going to have all these different things. 
with the overpromise, and then they underdelivered, and a lot they ran the hype train off the tracks, and that game failed. But then the company came back, and and now the game is bigger and better than ever. As for Google Stadia, I don't know how much longer that this can last. I think it's going to be something that could we could see the end of Stadia in the next year or two. Actually, um, I, I know that seems like a pretty bold claim, but the fact that Stadia. And Google have shuttered two of its first-party studios, which we were expecting there was going to be some first-party games on Stadia, and now they're shifting focus towards third-party games. It doesn't really make sense. I mean, if you're going to launch as a new platform to compete with the likes of Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, you've got to have some first-party titles to make it more uh, reasonable for people to want to switch to your platform. As well, you you also have to be truthful in the fact that if you are advertising that anybody who uses Stadia, regardless of internet connection, should be able to run at the same speed, 4K at 60 frames per second. Next, there's a different type of class action lawsuit happening over at Sony. Apparently, if you guys haven't heard the term Joy-Con drift, I thought that it was just a term associated with Nintendo Switch. Um, because they had faced a couple of class action lawsuits regarding the Joy-Con drift. Now, apparently, the same reports are coming from the PlayStation 5 DualSense controllers, which are also experiencing drift issues that are causing some players to struggle during gameplay. Since then, Sony has been hit by a class action lawsuit, stating that the company's inability to properly disclose this glitch to the public or provide adequate customer service for those that called in about it. Unfortunately, both Sony and the players the DualSense drifting problems are only getting worse. According to an article by Forbes magazine, the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller's drifting issue was actually carried over from the DualShock 4 and will likely grow among consumers due to ongoing shortages in hardware. Now, in the article I was reading by Screen Rant, there was a recent video by tech YouTube channel iFixit, which explains that the DualSense uses the same joystick mechanisms that other consoles like the contemporary Nintendo Switch and Xbox Series X do, and that wear and tear in the joystick's uh, potential meter, which features a spring that determines the controller's ner- neutral, uh, neutral point, sorry, blah, 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 lots of talking or the position in the joystick is set at when it's not in use, and plastic dust that builds up as the joystick's components grind together are among the primary culprits. So far, the PlayStation 5's DualSense stick lifespan is slated to be roughly 400 hours of use before issues start to appear. Now, people who are buying the consoles early and picking up all those games and playing for hours and hours on end, they're more likely to see that these Joy-Con drift issues are a thing. For somebody like myself, who rarely plays his PlayStation 4 and and hardly has the time, I have yet to see a a lot of issues with my current DualShock 4 controller. But I know it's a thing that happens, and I know it was an issue over on the Nintendo Switch side, and now it's finally come to light over here. Meanwhile, it seems that things are only going to get worse before they get better for the PlayStation 5's own controller drifting problem. So, at this rate, just keep playing your consoles. If you can buy, buy a new controller, buy a new controller. See if you can get it fixed at a store, if that's even a thing. Otherwise, we just have to stick it out. And hopefully, um, the companies are going to come forth and they're going to re- release new controllers that will ultimately fix this problem so that we don't have to run into it again. Uh, the next story I want to talk about actually comes to us from The Score. I know, I'm hitting sports now, boys. This was actually an interesting article I found last week, and I almost forgot that this was even a thing. Apparently, uh, David Ayers, if you haven't heard that name before, he actually came in as an emergency backup goaltender with the Carolina Hurricanes last year. 
um, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they actually won their game. I think they won 6-3 in front of Toronto's home crowd, my home city. Now, this miraculous victory is being made into a movie by the likes of Disney. 43-year-old David Ayers said that the comedian James Corden had called him shortly after the win to discuss making a movie about it. And Ayers had then connected Creative Arts Agency and at least 24 different production companies apparently expressed interest in the idea. Ares said, you wouldn't believe the amount of production companies that have come to us already asking to do this film. It's insane. They narrowed it down to 24 at one point, and then we narrowed it down to 12. We listened to 12 pitches from all the different people. And then, somehow, Disney swooped up, and <laughs> now it looks like Disney's going to be making another hockey film, which is great, because then they can join the likes of Miracle. And honestly, we need more hockey sports films. Um, you know, you've got the Mighty Ducks and you've got Miracle. Those are the big ones that I used to watch when I was growing up. Uh, so it'll be really cool to see uh, this film brought to life. When I see James Corden's name attached to it, I'm like, is he going to be playing David Ayers? That seems like kind of an odd choice. But I, I think it was just uh, he was just uh, one of the first people to approach him about it. Um, now, Ayers had also said he was reflecting on his moment that l- last year. Ayers said the biggest takeaway from the experience was that anything you try in life, you can achieve it. You can put a lot of hard work and get a couple of lucky bounces here and there, and things will go your way as long as you stay positive. So I think Disney was totally attracted to that positivity and you believe it, you can achieve it mentality. Now, that's basically all I have for the podcast today. I want to end off the podcast with two new shout outs. The first podcast I wanted to shout out is one called Plum Forest Podcast, and it's basically one host. He brings on different guests to kind of do and read out fables, like Chinese fables, um, and they're retold um, in a new light. I am, I'm curious. I actually want to be a guest on the show because I would actually love to do some voice acting. Um, I read one story that had um, some of the, some of the um, cast from Agents of Jam- Damned as well as Tommy from You Die Deep, and they read a story called The People Mover. I would recommend that as a start. As well, Plum Forest Podcast is known for putting out the Self-Made Indie Podcasters Awards. And guys, this is something I should have mentioned off the top, but if you haven't already, you have until the end of the month, the 28th, to vote in the Self-Made Indie Podcasters Awards. My podcast actually was nominated for three awards, Best Male Host, Best Video Game Review Podcast, and Podcast You Should Listen To. So if you can vote for me, that would be fantastic. And thank you so much for Plum Forest Podcast for putting this out and getting a lot of us indie podcasters out and exposed and showing us off. It's fantastic. Finally, the second podcast I want to shout out to, it doesn't really need a lot of shouting out because they've already garnered a crap ton of followers from their personalities on YouTube and over on Twitch. This is Chuckle Sandwich. It involves a lot of guys, or three guys from the former Lunch Club podcast, Ted Nivison, Slime Sicol, and Jay Slat. A lot of them were made famous on YouTube doing commentary videos, but they're also on Twitch, a lot of them. And it's not just video games, they're just basic comedy. They're very similar. I'd consider them a sister channel to the Gus and Eddie podcast and Super Mega. These are two other podcasts that I listen to. All creative funnies over on YouTube, young guys that are up and coming. And they're basically the next faces of YouTube at this point, these three channels. Um, so I look forward to seeing how Chuckle Sandwich does. There's only four episodes out so far, but they've already received a lot of positive feedback. So go and give them a listen. That's all I have for the show today. Why don't we get to the end? Why don't we read off some of the uh, the end credits as, as the credits scroll in front of my face? And it's actually 
like three feet away. I can't even read it on the screen. So I'm just going to guess what it says. I need my glasses. I'm sorry. You can head over to wkey.wordpress.com where I will occasionally post feature-length articles, news pieces, or general opinions on anything I find interesting. <laughs> on on Facebook, I fuck, I can't read this at all. I'm going to bring my mic closer. On Facebook, I'm at facebook.com backslash the Outbreak Podcast. But you can also follow this um, podcast on Twitter, at Podcast Outbreak. Also follow me on my personal Twitter. It's uh, at Will Key. Please consider joining our Discord server. I'm going to link it in the description. But if you want to find the links to anywhere else, we listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, go to Linktree. It's linktr.ee.com backslash the Outbreak Podcast. And that links to everything, including my Redbubble store, redbubble.com. Search William Outbreak. That's how you're going to find the Outbreak Podcast merch store. And again, we're hosted on podbean.com. And thank you so much to Podbean for hosting this podcast. They're amazing. But if you're listening anywhere else, you can find us. Again, I've mentioned Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Player FM. The list goes on. I'm William Key. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. <laughs>